What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. Yo, yo, yo. I'm here with my sister you know what i'm saying we're here that we're gonna do another part two you know because she's been on here before but i'm gonna do the prestigious honor of introducing her first things first y'all this is like i said my sister we go way way back we used to curse people out now we speak in tongues mm-hmm. my god you know what no, i mean did not. we used to curse people out now we prophesy god god did a work you know what i'm saying this is my sister becky you know Yo. what I'm saying? Speak up, bro. Yo. So now you want to be now you want to be quiet. I'm letting you introduce me. So introduce me and then I'll talk. I just introduced it. I I'm not going to say every detail about oh, you right okay. now because right. I'm going to let you explain that. Hi guys, it's Becky. It's an honor to be here again with my bro Jess. Um No, I'm saying. Looking forward to this and yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fire. We're going to talk about her story, you know, where she was over these past, I think it was like, how long was that when we did that other one? That was like two years ago, two and a yeah, year and a half. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, and I was, yeah. So a year and a half, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, a year and a half, something like that. That's a minute. So it's going to be definitely like a little update with what's update. going on. Big update. But Becky is, dang, bro. I know. It's an emergency vehicle. Right now we're in a, we're in a little um, conference room, but. Y'all just excuse that little sound. Um, Becky is a PhD student. Mm-hmm. First things first is we both graduated from our universities with engineering degrees, two prestigious black engineers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This, this is what we do. Yeah. But Becky now attends um, a PhD program where she will be studying, where she, where she is studying to um get her PhD in biomedical engineering, Mm -hmm. right? And she's doing it at College Park. So, you know, she's in Maryland now. She came from New York to Massachusetts and Maryland, and I just think that's dope. But I wanted to just pick her brain a little bit about where she's at in life, especially with the dynamic of being a whole PhD student and serving the Lord, Um, and then also, like, her walk in college and stuff like that, and what that entailed so becky look we all we knew from the first one you know i'm saying you grew up in church um and we could even start there to just refresh the people you grew up in church Mm -hmm. but what was your church background like so i grew up in the church in spring valley new york called french speaking baptist church aka fsbc so you know i don't have the traditional black baptist culture african-american yeah the african-american i don't know the hymns i don't know any of that i'm just stuff. letting you i spoke in that accent because she's she's haitian yeah and so am i so yeah we grew up with our, <laughs> our own he's not haitian but i'm gonna just let him rock but yeah so i grew up in a haitian church we have our own hymns um we did worship or preached in three languages english french and three Creole. languages yeah three yeah, it's always like a mix of all What were the three? You said what? English, French, and Creole. So... I would lead worship in English. English, French, and Creole. Mm-hmm. So you were able to... Flu- so you can speak French. 
<sighs> I could finesse French. I'm not Becky, fluent like yo, I am in Creole. You're quadruple lingual, bro. <laughs> you speak English? You speak quadruple? Yeah, Jesse? you're quadruple. What's quad? What number Four. is that? Okay, so yeah, so ready, ready. Language. Watch this. You speak. I know you yeah. might have said. <laughs> you speak. Wait, wait. You speak in English. Oh You speak in Creole. You speak French, oh and you speak in tongues, and you speak Ebonics. I don't speak Ebonics. That's crazy. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> I don't speak Ebonics. So yeah, that was very interesting. Like I love FSBC. I'm very grateful for where I, where I came from. Not gonna you know dishonor, dishonor them yeah, in facts. any way, but. Um, Experiencing God how I do now compared to how it was in the Haitian church, I feel like there are times where the Holy Spirit can be restricted. Mm -hmm. Um, We're kind of like taught to be more reserved. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes some of the people had issues if like, you know, if you were free, if you raised your hands too much or it was considered doing too much or, you know, sometimes people would manifest rarely, but sometimes people would manifest in in the church, whether it's that, you know, the demons coming out or mm-hmm. just their undignified expression to the Lord. And it would be like they're crazy or yeah. sometimes I remember I was, we used to laugh at that, especially the young kids. We thought that was funny. Like, yeah, um, we were, we was we was laughing in my church, though. Yeah. Like we would laugh when people would shout and stuff mm-hmm. and we would make fun of people that spoke mm-hmm. in tongues, even though we were Baptist. Like we didn't really speak in tongues that much. But like when somebody did, it was sort of like the attention was on them. And yeah. like. Me and my friends, we would make fun of that. But I actually thought of a story. I, I was I was gonna tell you this. Um, I forgot to tell you about this, but I thought of the story. I don't know his name, and we won't say his name anyway. But um, <laughs> I was about to be like, oh, this person. No, 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 no. Um, I thought a story that you told me about like the guy who grew his hair out and mm-hmm. like got publicly embarrassed in the church. Mm-hmm. Just give us a rundown. You know when the high tops were uh, the thing in style. Mm-hmm. I remember in the youth choir. A lot of the young boys, you know, they were growing their high tops. And for some reason, that was a disturbance to the church. I don't know why, to the point where um, some people were like, if your hair is above a certain height, to the visual eye or whatever, um, then you can't sing in the youth choir. Uh huh. So, like. But then, like, you say somebody got publicly, like, called out yeah. in front of, like, the entire church. Yeah. They used to do that to, like, people's businesses. Like, let's say I was failing my classes, for example. Um, There's an instance where someone... No way. It, it was it was embarrassment. I think, like, Caribbean cultures, um, they think embarrassment is the solution to making mm-hmm. the child behave. or, uh-huh. um, And it actually really isn't. It um, makes them run away. Yeah, it does because you're not finna embarrass and shame me. That so yeah, so there were instances where that happened. Um did that make parents, you scared leading worship? No, I think I was a little rebellious. Um not a little. Be quiet. <laughs> but yeah, I think not rebellious. I wasn't causing havoc in a church by no means or they wouldn't have let me continue to lead worship. They would have sat me down. Mm-hmm. But I did not subscribe to, you know, a lot of the cultural or religious things that were going on. Once I got older and, you know, I would be like, okay, what scripture, you know, backs this, you know, like, why are we acting this way? When I saw it, it was not biblically justified and I was not sinning, then I was not, I was not having that. So So, was it like a frequent thing for you to like study your word and then go to church and be like, this is not biblical? Oh, no, not at all. Oh, so you just 
<laughs> I was raw dogging. <laughs> I was raw dogging worship. That's the thing. Um, you know, we didn't speak tongues. And yes, they're like, you know, children, read your Bible and uh-huh. stuff like that. But we were never really taught how to seek God. It was a religious thing. Like, okay, did you pray this morning? Oh, did you read your Bible? It wasn't really like, you know, having a relationship with Christ. It was not taught to us. I think the youth that really did step up and try and really encourage us to have our relationship with Christ was Farah and Marklene. I'm going to shout them out because yeah, this is positive things. I love them. Yes. They're like, so dope. They shifted my like relationship with Christ mm-hmm. completely. I don't believe I would be where I am if it wasn't for their like knowledge, their wisdom, and their like yeah. love and support. So, yeah. But for a while, towards the end when I was making my exit after post-Nova Hub exposure, mm-hmm. I started approaching um, things different in the midst of my transition because you know, I was in New York, Massachusetts, and, like, coming here yeah. at the same time. But beforehand, before coming to know, you know, like, things like the fivefold or who Holy Spirit is or the gift of tongues, I didn't really read or seek my word like mm-hmm. that, especially, um, like, oh, let me seek my word because I'm worshiping mm-hmm. this Sunday. Mm-mm. Yeah. So you would say you had an encounter first, and then that encounter, like, stirred you to dig more. Yeah. I feel like that's how it should be. Um like something that I've been consistently thinking about that the Lord has been putting in my mind is like when I look at like people that encounter God in the word, like they didn't have Bibles. Mm-hmm. Like Abraham didn't have scripture. That's true. You know what That's I mean? Good. Abraham, Job didn't have scripture. Moses didn't have mm-hmm. like the they didn't have the full written out. They might have had like manuscripts and like things that were written right. of the law, maybe. But like they didn't have like Matthew, Mark, point. Luke, yeah. John. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But these were righteous men of God who walked closer to God. You know what I'm saying? David. David mm-hmm. didn't have the Gospels. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. So when you look at stuff like that, I wonder like, what do you what how do what do you do with that when you're when you're approaching Christianity? And I think the best way is to have an encounter first. The encounter stirs you to seek mm-hmm. more because it's a invitation mm-hmm. and it's like the exposure of how real God is. So if you remember, what do you feel? Also, I just want to say, I don't know if you know this, but this is the street that I would do Uber Eats on. Really? Over here? Over here. Right here. So, y'all, I just want to let y'all know, before I came down to um, Northern Virginia, and what I mean by that is I'm talking about, like, solidified my life here, like, working a job and stuff like that and, like, starting my career and stuff. I used to come here over the summer, spend time with the ministry that I'm a part of now, and the way that I would survive and eat is by doing Uber Eats. And so... I would do Uber Eats all throughout Arlington, all throughout um, D.C., whether if it was Northwest, Southwest. I went to Southeast one time. I will never do that again. <laughs> um, but it was it was crazy because when we pulled up to the library that we're in now in the conference room, I'm looking at the street, and I remember picking up Uber Eats at the Chick-fil-A across from where we're sitting. And it's just a reflection of how good God is. I've been looking know? at that Chick-fil-A you know? for a minute. Oh, no, I know. We are going now. We, we can hit it up after. Sure. Um, but... I'm thinking about how good God is and how, like, he just brought me so far, you know what I mean? And from a simple decision of getting, of choosing to follow him. And I think that's what I said. And I know in the beginning I was joking, like, about how me and Becky said we used to curse people out, which we did, but now we speak in tongues. (laughs) But it's like when you go through life with somebody before and, you know what I'm saying, during your um, salvation process, like, it's kind of dope. Like, to see us sitting here, you know, like, 
in this interview on my podcast, you know, both here in the DMV following God, doing what he desires for us to do is kind of a big deal because, like I said, we said this on our live, but, like, the people that we used to hang out with aren't really, like, in our lives anymore. And it's not Mm -hmm. that we're better. It's not that um, God loves us anymore, but it's just that we're on different paths. You know what I mean? So, but to go into your encounter, do you, if you remember the event, what, um, what do you feel like happened that sparked the encounter? I feel the Holy Um, Ghost now. I'll start like way back. I always, and I humbly say, humbly say this. I always felt, um, different than like my peers at FSBC and like the Haitian church community in general. Um, yeah, I just feel like I was more, sensitive or in tune with God spiritually even before I even realized what that was like I'll give you an example I remember one time um I was sleeping in the living room Mm -hmm. and my parents you know always chat like stop napping there but I would sleep in the living room like legit on the floor because that's Mm. just where I wanted to sleep interesting yeah I would just lay on the floor like naps during the day not during the night Night, night time I slept in my bed but I remember um one night, one night, not one night, one day, I was laying down, I was taking a nap, I was knocked, and, like, I heard something, like, wake me up. I told you this before. Oh. Yeah, it's like, I heard I something wake me up. It was very bright. That was and crazy. It was like, go upstairs. And you know when people wake you up, like, when you're in deep sleep? Yeah. Like, if you don't catch my attention for too long, I'm going to go back to sleep, like, uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was in one of those kind of, um, like, feelings. That's how deep. Yeah. That's how deep the sleep was. Yeah. And, like, at first, I was like, no, like, I didn't want to go. I was like, no, I'm just going to nap. And I didn't understand. I just knew that there was something communicating to me, and it wasn't my parent. It wasn't anybody in the crib. My God. Yeah. So I was trying to be a little stubborn, but I just also felt like, okay, I probably should go upstairs. And, like, not too long after I went upstairs, somebody tried to rob the house, like, Mm. and the way my crib is set up, you know, the front, after you open the front door, like, the first, like, the direct straight path is the living room, you know, like, so God forbid what would have, you know, happened to me. They would have saw you right then and there. And I was a kid, like, I was a kid, you know, I couldn't defend myself, Um, my parents were upstairs, you know, this person would have got to me before my parents could have. That's crazy. You know? So, like, that was one thing I didn't forget. And there were other times growing up, even, like, me and my sister, dad could probably attest to this. I would just be like, mm, I don't feel like we should do this or, like, this is going to happen. And, like, I just always felt like there was a spirit in me that was with me before yeah. I could even have mm-hmm. the language yeah. to understand what it was. So, even though, like, at FSBC, I definitely was growing, but when I think about how I was able to be so expressive with my worship in there, and, like, I really didn't care. People thought I was crazy. People mm-hmm. would always complain, like, oh, it was a hot mess. Not the yeah. singing, but because I'm, like, jumping or I have my hands waving yeah. or, you know, I'm expressing my worship to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I didn't really let that stop me. And I think one time, <clears throat> I won't say when because I don't want to make it too obvious, but one time I was leading worship and I feel like God was just making me aware of what was going on in the crowd. The adults, I'm used to the adults being like, un, I'm used to them being restricted or just uninvolved. Staring. Yes, there you go. Uh-huh. I was trying to find the, <laughs> the right politically word. correct term for that. I'm used to saying that so it don't really bother me. But I remember one time I was worshiping and I was looking at the youth, and 
it grieved me so much. Mm. And I was like, we are literally just like the adults that we complain about. We're just My younger. God. We're just younger. Like, and we speak English. That's wow. it. We are literally the same thing. Like, unrestricted, just staring at me. Not unrestricted, very restricted, just staring at me. Uninvolved, disengaged. And like, they're singing like the words, they're singing the words with me and swaying left to right, that little two step. But like, there is. It's like a root. It was just like such a like a religious routine thing, and it made me so sad. And but at the same time, I was like, it's crazy that I was raised in the same systems they were, and I turned out so different mm. with no. This was before like any crazy outside intervention and stuff. So I was like, you know, God, why? His hand. Yes, that's when I really knew like God's hand was on me. I'm like, why did you make me? difference or this boldness that I have yeah. to just, you know, not That's subscribe powerful. to that. Like, as I got older, you know, you do things because your parents tell you to do so when yeah. you're younger and other adults that you respect yeah. and authority figures. But, like, as I was getting older, I was I was not disrespectful. Of course, I have my t- my moments where I could be, yeah. let's be honest. But um, I just could not, I couldn't conform to, like, yeah. they couldn't put me in the box that they wanted to. Like, I yeah. couldn't, like, I'd rather have not saying than be, um, yeah conformed in a box so i don't have like a specific encounter but when i think back on like the patterns of my life life, like it was like multiple little encounters Mm -hmm. and i feel like being introduced to the nova hub and like knowing what the fivefold is and holy spirit and Mm -hmm. all the gifts he uh, he has to offer us i think learning from that nova hub environment it gave me like eyesight back to my past where i can now put language on these things that i experienced and that's when i was like wow like God really been there the whole time, like, yeah. actively in there. You know, I feel like sometimes people think God is some, like, heavily removed thing, yeah. being, you know, yeah. like, it's like he's just so distant and, yeah. you know, he's just watching. But, like, he really be walking side by side. He's a person. Yes. He is a person and he walks side by yeah. side, whether we acknowledge or notice that he's yeah. there or not. So The Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, mm-hmm. you know, so, like, The best way for me to imagine that is I look at my closest friends and I look at it as Jesus is closer to me Mm -hmm. than them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I love stuff like this because it proves the sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. Like the idea that you grew up in the same system, the same location. And I think for me, it's the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. not even just with my growing up process, but I guess you could say my going to college process. Like. I went to the same college as, you know, thousands of other students. Somehow I came in lost and left saved. Right. And filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what I mean? Like that shows to me that God's hand was on my life. I was talking to my bro, Darren, and it was just like, bro, like we lasted through college Mm -hmm. living for the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that is a blessing because that's not everybody's story. And then for me growing up where we did as well, like I had it well, my parents, you know, they had, Mm -hmm. they had it well and stuff like that. I was never poor. I was never broke, but Mm -hmm. like still, I think beyond there's certain things that money can't get you. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that being in a specific tax bracket can't get you. I had opportunities, Mm -hmm. bro. You know what I mean? Like beyond my parents being able to like, send me money whenever they wanted to mm-hmm. like there were things that i know that it was nobody but god mm-hmm. that opened that it came up through, yeah. you know what i mean and so that to me that's very evident of who he was and i think also there was like i say this all the time for me like i go 
it's nowhere, um, it's not unfamiliar that my struggle was lust. Like I was a deep, deep fornicator, mm-hmm. but I always wanted a wife and I knew that deep in my soul. Yeah. So like there was never like a, like I, I would, we, you know, we dudes would talk about stuff like yeah. that. They would talk about the girl that they had sex with and they would use it as bragging rights mm-hmm. and like validation to show mm-hmm. that you were a man and stuff like that. But and I would participate in that, but in my heart of hearts, I was like, this is this is a vibe right now, but in the future, this is going to be lame. Right. Because I grew up seeing my... <laughs> no, for real, though. Because I, I grew up... This is the vibe right now. This is the vibe right now, but in in my heart of hearts, I knew that when I would reach a certain age, this was going to be lame because I knew that... And this was before I really gave my life to God. I knew that one of the things that I desired and wanted... I remember a vision board that I put... In high, I made a vision board in high school, and one of the one of the pictures that I put was a family with kids. Oh wow! Yeah, so this was something that was instilled was in, in you. Yeah, yeah, it was instilled in me. And like the thing is, is my father nor my mother never sat me down and said, "Hey, son, you know you should definitely like in the future you want a wife, you want a kids, mm-hmm. like you want a family settled down." Like I I knew that they wanted that for right. me, but they never had that blunt face to face talk yeah. with me saying like yo you um yo you need to get married just make right. sure you find the right one right. Like my mom assumed, yeah. right? they you would know? say they would say certain things here and there but yeah. it wasn't like something that was drilled into me well it was but it was it was drilled into me because it was there yeah. and i feel like god put that and that was a form of conviction so like for me to eat like literally i'm i'm, I'm sitting here going all throughout high school all mm-hmm. throughout my first year of college like saying like okay like I'm doing this stuff right now, but I know for a fact that I want wife and kids. And in order for me to be a good husband and a good father, I can't live this way. And I knew that. So I didn't know when I was going to change, but I knew that a change needed to take place. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how or when. Right. So that to that, but the, it's the fact that I even thought that, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because there's people that do what they do and they literally just don't care. Yeah. Like they, they have no, they're not faced by any Mm -hmm. mark that they might've left on another person or society. They're just doing what they're doing. And for me, like I was, I was messing stuff up and doing things, but like there was this, there was this inner conviction saying like, there's more for you and you know that, and there's going to need to be a change. That's good. I know. Right. So like with you, you then transitioned into college at University of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. right? So what was that like for you in regards to your worship life, your prayer life? Were you, were you, were you hot? You know what I'm saying? Did you go to every service? Was it, was it like environments for you with that? Or did you really have to like plow That's a through? a loaded question. So I went to UMass Amherst. It's a PWI, so I didn't really struggle. <laughs> I'm screaming. Um, you know, with issues like lust and whatever, because <laughs> you know the demographic that was really available was just not my uh, preference. Mm-hmm. I'll keep it at that. I'm screaming. Um, I feel like, like I did go to functions. I was even part of organizations that threw functions. Mm-hmm. You know, I was on the leadership team of a lot of things going on, but like. Even since high school, I never had a strong, and I, I thank God that he placed that in me. I never had a strong desire to party, to like, um, go out, go out yeah. and be outside all the all time. Stuff, I, yeah. I like being home. Just chilling. Yeah. There were moments. I'm not saying I never went to a function. I definitely did. I threw functions, but, um, mm-hmm. I was not like 
hot to go. Like, it's yeah. mainly like my friends, like, oh, come on, Bex, like, you never come out just this one time. Or yeah. like a friend that I care about is going out, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you're not going out in this environment by yourself, so I'm going to go with you. Yeah. Um, but I've never like found like crazy pleasure in like going out and partying and doing a regular college regular thing. So I think I was already, I, I didn't really sin all that much. Um, in college, mm-hmm. I hear other people, you know, how they tweaked and like you're mm-hmm. in this environment and you see all these new people and people that are not from like your you didn't hometown. bug out. You didn't bug out like the no, like and the I average college student. Yeah, that grace, like, nope. So, in terms of my relationship with Christ, like, so I wasn't really around a community of other believers who like actually really walked in, you know, walk mm-hmm. with the Lord. So, it was hard for me to, I guess stay on course consistently. Like, yes, I was not actively sinning and wilding out, but I wasn't actively seeking. Pursuing God yeah, either. pursuing him either. So mm-hmm. it was like kind of lukewarm. I was yeah. just in the middle. That's, yeah. why, that's, that's the that best way sense. I can yeah. describe it. Um, my school, they did have um, an organization called BASIC, which stands for Brothers and Sisters in Christ. And I know they would oh, have. Oh, wow, that's clever. They would have. Um, Ministers come and pre- it was very small, tight knit mm-hmm. community. Um, they would have Bible studies and things like that. I never really went like that. I went to some of their services, which happened every other Sunday. Um, but respectfully, I just don't feel like I was being fed. spiritually fed, mm-hmm. and I did not know who these people were connected to as mm-hmm. well. Like, did we just come up with this and yeah. DM people, hey, can you come pre? You know, so like, and me, like, one thing, I'm just. I'm not. I'm. Per, I'm suspicious. Like I'm gonna suspect yeah. things that are, you know, something fishy around yeah. here. Unless I can clearly see the roots. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna oh, that's just. Good. I'm not gonna just trust oh, wow. it. Wow, that'll preach. Like I'm not gonna just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just gonna trust it. And even that's something my parents even unless instilled in me I too. Can like clearly see the roots. Yeah, that's something my parents mm. also like instilled in me. And that's not just hard. with church things, but just like yeah, with anything, people, yeah. anything in general. If you can't what's see your foundation? what's behind it, yeah. If, if there's no reputable source, like. Mm. Then be very careful. That's how people, you know, put themselves in danger spiritually and physically. Yeah. And like, you know how I am personally. Yeah. I'm protective about myself and also about those I care about. That's, so something that's facts, bro. Is, Becky is like yeah, really protective. Bodyguard. Over. So something Yo, ain't right. <laughs> something ain't right. I'm not gonna feel comfortable. So there were times I went, but like I wouldn't let the people um, lay their hands on me because uh-huh. I don't know what you. You've put, told like, me stories like yeah, that. Yeah. So. <laughs> So at some point, I just stopped going because if like if I'm gonna be so guarded, I'm not even receiving. This I'm, is not I'm, your. This I'm is not the place for you. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't for me. Um, I love that they had that as a resource on campus. Yeah. For you know, majority of campus wasn't living right, so I'm happy they had yeah. that. It just wasn't for me. I'm not saying there was anything wrong with it. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. Becky's my armor bearer. I'm screaming. <laughs> Ain't no foolishness I've, I've, around here. I've cried in church before. Becky's gone and handed me tissues. Yes. I've, I've when I, some, when I pray for people sometimes at the altar and start laying hands on people. I'd Becky, be right there behind Becky, you. Becky, be like, yeah. You want water? Like, are you good? And I'm just, I'm laughing because sis don't play. Nope. But um, <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> I really don't. So yeah. <laughs> in conclusion, uh, that just really wasn't it for me. And then I remember getting introduced to Nova Hub. Like you were telling yes. me. So I had a question about that. So when we, um, when I invited you to Nova Hub, you didn't seem like too iffy about that. You'd seem like you. I mean, you obviously the 
the normal person is gonna yeah. have questions, questions you know what i'm oh, saying not comfortable day one is it because it was me yes that's so the, that's the thing, when trusting yeah. the source yeah i was talking to deborah uh elder deborah and um pastor christian about this last sunday mm-hmm. we, we had a little meeting about me serving on the logistics team mm-hmm. and um elder was like tell pastor christian about how you came to nova hub so i was really telling him the story but one thing i highlighted 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 to them was that like you know god was very intentional and in, like who he had to do it um he had to do it through jesse because that's the only person where i would trust blindly mm-hmm. in terms of like i trusted his walk i trusted he knew god and mm-hmm. like just me being his little sister he's not gonna have me fly out to some you to know no something that's yeah that's not safe or like i'm gonna get you yeah. know be put me in danger or whatever so yeah. let's pause right quick Go ahead. because i want to i want to speak into exactly what you just said this now for example this was an operation between you and me like you trusted my walk mm-hmm. you knew that i love the lord so through that you were very willing to accept what you did not know mm-hmm I just want to speak to the audience real quick. Your walk has this kind of effect on people, whether if you're close to them or not. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, because when people see the integrity, when people see the seriousness that you have with the Lord, it will allow them to. Ex- and this has happened to me already with some of my coworkers. Um, they they will they will look and they will expose themselves to things that they do not know. But because they know you, mm-hmm. you are the intercessor between what they do not know. Yeah, that's because good. they that's know good, you. Jess. So, so I it, it's and obviously we understand like we're supposed to live holy, we're right. supposed to live righteous, but we've graduated from the idea of we need to live holy, we need to live righteous. We know that that's a requirement, but this is one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. So for me. That's one of the reasons, that's one of my motivations to stay in the face of God, to continue to seek the Lord and become more like him because there's people watching. And Mm -hmm. I know people say like, it's not about your appearance before men and stuff like that. And I get the angle that people are coming for, but the Bible says that a good name is more precious than rubies, Mm. a reputation that, that is upheld by men and women in society that shows and deems that they are true to the faith right. that they claim is very valuable. Right. Um, when you don't, when, even if you don't know all the scripture in the world, if these people see how you live and it correlates to what you say and what mm-hmm. you claim, they're going to be willing to trust you. So, and I, I think as well, like, let me just encourage somebody. If you feel like there's not people you know, if there's people that are close to your heart that are not willing to explore the things of God, that are not willing to, sometimes it's the devil, but sometimes it can be you. Mm. Sometimes it could be the fact that you're singing praises one day and gossiping the next day. Right. It could be one day you're moving with the quickening power of the Holy Ghost and then the next day you're you, moving in the club. <laughs> yeah, you're moving in the club. <laughs> I, would, I would encourage you to check yourself to see are you the issue? Are there things that you need to exhibit? Do you exhibit the love of Christ? Are you patient with them? You know what I mean? Do, do, you, act like, do you act like how Jesus would act towards them? Mm. And I really believe, um, you, and you can't force anybody to do anything. The Bible says no man comes to God lest the spirit of God draw him. Yeah. So 
the ability for them to be drawn is them seeing the Holy Spirit active in your life, right? And then through that, they'll be like, okay, I see the fruit. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, like, so for somebody like you, it could have been like, I don't know Jesse's ministry. I don't know Jesse's leader. I don't know the environment or the atmosphere or the culture in Mm -hmm. Jesse's ministry, but I see Jesse's fruit. Right. So because I see Jesse's fruit, even though I don't know the atmosphere or the culture or the climate of where he came from, there's something there. Right. So let me see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's good. So back to the main point. So you, you got, you came, you got here. What was your encounter when you came? What was it like? Um, So it was definitely new. So I was like a sponge. I was just observing Mm -hmm. everything, um, absorbing as well. But, some things because you know my background I had like you know walls I still have some walls up Mm -hmm. about what things I will allow to like penetrate me fully and things and stuff in that you know matter yeah but when I first came off rip my impressions from the ministry in general everybody was super loving welcoming Mm -hmm. and friendly um and that's not something you get from a lot of churches or ministries sometimes people think they so high up they real stank and yeah you know, and I really like that because, you know, my attitude didn't have, <sighs> they come out. Because, you know, I would have had something for y'all. That's how y'all received me. I'm screaming. Um, so, yeah, that was like, you know, I don't think encounters always have to be so spiritual. So that was that's, like. That's good. Back that here. was my first encounter. I was like, okay, like, check. Um, I don't, I didn't have a single bad encounter except for the future encounter that led off of that. Oh, you know, Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. We won't get into that at all. <laughs> Never. Um, yeah, that's an off-the-record story. Oh, Jesus. Off-the-record. But, yeah, that was my first biggest, like, feeling takeaway. I was like, this space is very inviting, loving. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they broke down the doctrine, like, yeah, this is what we believe in, uh-huh. and, like, here's a scripture that backs this up. Yeah. Or we explicitly don't believe in these things. And um, why. So this is, yeah. yeah, and why. And, you know, if you are in alignment with this, then, you know, welcome home. If you're not, then this may this not, might not be the, be the place for you, for you yeah. respectfully. So, like, it's like we welcome you with love. And if you leave, like, we'll love you on your way out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the contrast for when you went to, like, service? Because I remember I actually drove <laughs> I actually drove past the, um, the like, hotel. Not just I, I drive past the hotel all mm-hmm. the time, but I drove past the area in Warrington that we went to. You remember the um, where the cabin was? Yeah. Okay. Where we had that family day event mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I drove, really like that. Yeah, it was, it was tough. So it, it was it was a fond memory. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to do that again. Yeah, it, it was a fond memory. Um, but I drove past that area and, ooh, I forgot what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Brain fart <laughs> dead in the middle. You asked me something about service. How was my... Yeah. Okay, so what was the um, contrast for your, um, for your experiences with our service ooh. versus yours, like, in your yeah. church back home? So, obviously, like, the welcome event in the cabin, that yeah. was, like, it was fun more. It was less formal. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I could say it. Church, service. I was very closed off because it was <laughs> no, very yeah. different than when oh, I was used 100%. to. Not because, not because something was wrong yeah. or... I was just like, wow. It's like, wild. Yeah, like, Our people tr- are dancing and... Getting laid out on the floor, people falling left yeah. and right to me. Um, tongues, tongues, all prophetic tongues. words. Yeah, singing in tongues. Yep. 
Um, yeah, people just knowing things about me without y'all knowing random me. Prophecies. Yeah, and I know Jesse ain't tell y'all that. So tell y'all what? No, like if I got a prophetic word, I'm like, no way. Oh yeah, Jesse was able to give you the four one of me completely. Where you know, oh, I like get, where you oh, could be tricking yeah, yeah, me. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's the thing. When you're first in, when you're, I'm a very logical person. Yeah. So like, sometimes my logic will make you skeptical yeah it will interfere yeah. with the holy spirit trying to get to me so yeah. let's say i got a prophetic word like oh you i see you studying engineering my logic mind could be like okay they spoke to Jesse this person who that. prophesied yeah. to me only knew that because jesse told them Facts. to that i study engineering but like sometimes when people go deep under the surface yep. layers it's like about nah. things like nah ain't yep. no way he said this to this person on the first time or jesse i didn't even tell jesse about that yeah i was about to tell him tomorrow you know yeah so like Sometimes God be blowing your mind like, okay, keep playing. I'm going to show you. I'm screaming. I'm showing you time after time. That is real. You have to just accept it or not. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very different. I remember, like, at one point, Essers, I would just be there with my arms crossed. Mm -hmm. I remember, and once one service, Shane came over to me. He's like, are you upset? Are you mad? What's wrong? And I was like, nothing is wrong. I'm literally chilling. But, like, my posture, my Physical posture was representing my heart posture mm-hmm. to a degree. Like, I just could not be. It was just so. It was too different for me to accept a hundred percent on the first. On the yeah. first, you know, the first. The date. first very time. Yeah. So you know, the more I came, the looser and looser I got, and I still have a lot more restrictions and walls and barriers that I need to completely let go of. But and it's crazy That's too good because. Awareness. It's crazy because, like, I'm thinking I'm so free in an environment like FSBC, and then I come to an actual free environment, and I see how bound I am. Mm. So, like, the irony, it was very funny. Like, I was very Haitian. I was very Caribbean. I was very Haitian Baptist when I first came to to Nova. Yeah, I think there's, like, for me, I grew up in the Baptist church, so... My experience was with the African-American culture, right? But, like, there's still some things that when you come from, when you're endowed in a specific culture, I think, obviously, God can use culture. But then there's certain things. Yeah, but there's certain things that um, cultures may imprint on you. That's not God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that then that can, that's where when you're in the right environment, God can strip those things away mm-hmm. and be like, no, like actually you need to go about it this way right. and stuff like that. And personally, I've seen you grow leaps and bounds. You know what I mean? Like, Me? Yeah. <laughs> like with your expression, with your, you know, ability to accept. And I think like as well, give grace, give mercy to yourself because you grew up in FSBC for how long? Like for years. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You haven't even been here for five years yet. So no, like. It's been two. It's, yeah. So it's like you're, you're unlearning mm-hmm. basically over 20 years worth of behavior mm-hmm. in in the span of you know what I'm saying like two two years you know yeah. and I think the good news is like when somebody and this could this ain't just with Rebecca or even me but like this is with anybody like God could do the work quicker than what we expect mm-hmm. as long as we submit mm-hmm. so I think like and the fact that there's an opportunity for the work to be done right right is like the blessing because it shows you're not in deception. Right. You're not in, you're not stuck in your ways. Like you're not those, you're not the older people in the church. And this is not just that for FSBC, this is the Baptist church, mm-hmm. Pentecostal, apostolic, even non-denominational. Right. Like 
um, you're not stuck in your ways and you're not moving in a religious mindset saying this is the way that it's supposed to look like for me. You are willing to explore and to receive more. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's always in a good place to be. My next question. So we get here, you know, you get exposed to the ministry. We graduate. Mm -hmm. You know, we graduate. We are graduates mm -hmm. of engineering degrees. Thank God. Amen. I'm so glad I'm done. Amen. I'm never going back. Ooh. But anyway, um, so you are a PhD student at College Park, but that was not the only path that you could have taken. Right. So walk us through that process from the beginning of when you decided that you wanted to go pursue your PhD to this cool. very moment <laughs> right now. So, like I said, growing up Haitian, or Caribbean, or even Africans uh, can't connect with this. Usually when, you know, you go to college, especially being first gen, your family really wants you to be either a doctor. And when I say doctor, mm -hmm, I'm You're first, first gen. gen? Yeah. Becky. Yeah. What? <laughs> yes, I am. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I am first gen. You're fir are you the first to graduate? Uh, no, one of my older sisters. Your sister graduated. Yeah. I thought she did. Okay. Mm hmm So. I didn't know you were first gen, though. I'm going to be the first PhD, like first advanced Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm first generation guy. Wow. So my family came from Haiti and a lot of my, almost all of my relatives, my aunts, uncles. None of them. Um, even older siblings, um. 90, I'll say 95% of my family tree didn't go. Uh, was born in Haiti. Yeah. And I'll say maybe 85 to 90% of that did not go to school in mm -hmm. the States. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm the first to be born in the country and the first to, like, you know, go through college, get a degree, and the first to pursue, a and I'm going to get a doctorate to PhD. So, yes. Um, you got a full ride mm -hmm. for UMass, right? Mm -mm. I got oh, okay. good money, but not good full money. ride. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, so usually. Becky's smart, y'all. <laughs> usually, you know, there's a lot of pressure, directly or indirectly, to be a doctor, like a medical doctor, um, an engineer, mm -hmm. or a lawyer. So, I did engineering because I liked it. I always loved STEM. I remember since, like, good. sixth grade, I loved research. I loved science. I knew that I would be a biomedical engineer like, at least you liked it yeah i liked it i was i'm, yeah. I'm too rebellious to <sighs> do something that i didn't like um you are not rebellious in jesus name yeah you i were. had too much of a mind of my own <laughs> yeah i think i just just the way my mindset was and my energy like i was not finna do four years of something i don't want to do mm -hmm. um just because it'll make someone who didn't go to college happy yeah and every now and then when my family or people in the culture would be like oh you should have done this or, mm -hmm. you know, your grades could be better or whatever the case is. I would ask them, um, you know, can you let me know? Give me your advice based on your college experience. Oh, oh wow. You ain't go. So wow. if I'm trailblazing, you know, there's going to be kinks and nicks, you know, like. Mm, trailblazing. Yeah, That's I'm trailblazing. Word. So That's a good word, Becky. I have to figure it out. And those that come after me, you oh. know, they will have a straighter path. My God. But you're not finna try and judge or direct my experiences when you have not been that in that my fire. shoes and i'm grateful you know the sacrifices they made to come here so i can have this opportunity yeah not downplaying that at all at all at all but i, I came oh uh, go ahead i said i remember um like i said it's good that you like the engineering thing because i remember i heard a 
this I don't mean to get so I don't mean to get spiritual, but like <laughs> I <laughs> So there's like this um I won't reveal who he is, but there's like this famous African lawyer on Instagram who's like, you know, making mad bread, doing like a lot of cases and stuff like that. And I remember there was a video that he posted on his Instagram basically saying how his parents said, You're gonna either be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I, I, it's like when he said that, it was like God allowed me to be in the position that he was in when he said it. It's like, it was like I, it was like I became him when he was a young boy mm-hmm. when they said that to him. And I could just feel like this coat of stress and anxiety. Right. And like um, fear overthrow my soul Mm. just because of the fact that that was said to him it was like that was transported to me and through the screen Mm -hmm. it was ridiculous and I'm I look at him now and he's very prosperous like and he did and he's a bona fide lawyer Mm -hmm. he lives in Florida like God you know I'm saying got all the got all the heat Mm -hmm. with the shoes and the suits and stuff he he um he interacts with celebrities like he's he's in the big leagues you know what I'm saying but I look at his soul in the realm of the spirit and it's tarnished mm. and but the thing is is like you would never know right you couldn't tell that just to but, make your family yeah proud and, happy, you know and I mean? it's so grieving and actually i think his dad it's is selfish a, his dad is a doctor and like i'm looking at him and i'm just like bro you, i can see the brokenness and it grieves my heart it's selfish there's nothing wrong with wanting the best for your child or your friend niece nephew whatever the case is but that shouldn't be what you want for them shouldn't prioritize what they want for yeah. themselves. Unless what's it's best. Unless it's yeah. bad. Like, oh, obviously, if my child wants to do drugs, I'm like, don't do drugs. Yeah, That's, of course. You know? You ain't finna but, be, mm-mm, not But, in this yeah, house. my parents, though, they never, like, like stress, like, oh, you're going to be one That's of these amazing. three. I'm grateful for that. You said also, though, that your parents, when it comes to the Haitian household, mm-hmm. is very different than, like, yeah. the average. Yeah. You know, they have their tendencies. They are mm-hmm. Haitian parents at the yeah. end of the day. Um, but... I had it a lot easier than a lot of my peers. In I had, what ways? So, for example, I had a friend. I'm not going to say her name. Like, her dad didn't allow her to wear pants. Like, I had multiple friends. At all? They were not allowed to In wear the pants. house? In the house. So, they slept the in house. skirts? Maybe pajamas or something like that. But, like, but like going out to school, yeah. um, going to see a movie <laughs> with friends, going to the mall, you were to wear skirts. You had to wear a skirt? Yeah, like. Even when it was cold? Yes. You wear a skirt. And what if they flew on a plane? You wearing a skirt. You're wearing a skirt on the plane. Mm-hmm. You had to go to the gym. You, you're working out in you're a skirt. You're working out in a long skirt. Or, yeah. What if you had to run track? You or like, are. You're running. You're or, running you, or you're not you're, running track. You're doing hurdles in skirts. Yeah, I had people, you know, friends, they weren't allowed <laughs> to go. They weren't allowed to do things like go to prom or whatever. Like They couldn't go to prom. I had. Why? One of my uncles is like was trying, you know, my cousin ended up going to prom, but his reasoning was like, oh, Christians don't go to the prom. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> because prom is not you know, in the Bible. Crazy. So, like, I've heard, I've heard as well, though, that some people's parents back in the day, like, Ooh. with apostolics, um, with, like, African-Americans, they didn't allow them to go to the movies mm-hmm. or... um they didn't allow them to. Well, yeah, like that's one of that's yeah. one of them that I frequently hear. Like, yeah. you can't go to the movies. Like, or there's another idea that if you listen to secular music, a demon's gonna drop, jump right. out and grab you. I and heard stuff other things like, that. like, oh, I have friends that they were not allowed to get 
like an ear piercing. Like yeah. They couldn't wear earrings. Uh -huh. Some cultures, you're not allowed to wear jewelry, period. Oh, like, wow. At all. Even your wedding ring. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, how do you... How do you... Mm. I don't know. I guess, see, if you're in a tight-knit community like Spring Valley and everyone knows uh -huh. who's who, I guess... Everybody just knows who's... It's, it's crazy, though, because everyone really do know who everyone is. It, it, yeah, I'd be, like, and you know, never... minding my own business, and people be like, oh, you're so-and-so's child. And I was like, how do you know I'm my father's child? I don't even look like they that. They got man. eyes on you. They said, oh, because you look like your mother, and I know he's married to your mom. That's how... That Yo, was somebody's explanation bro. on how they knew... You know what my parents look like. Yeah, I know yeah, you, yeah. you have your debates, but I look more. I favor my mom. You do look like your mom. I am more. her twin. You but know Danica what I mean? looks more like her dad. Yes. Yes. So dad looks more like my dad. Um. So typically people don't. I wouldn't expect that from people. But yeah, like I, I remember another time I was at the mall and my dad called me. He's like, "Where you at the mall?" And I was like, "Yeah, how'd you know?" Somebody said they saw you. Somebody saw. I'm screaming. They saw me, or they said they saw the car. Would, they saw the car. They saw the car. That big old parking lot. And all them cars, they saw the car. You know, how do they know it was yours though? The license plate. I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know. That's crazy. You know, so like they might have been prophets. I don't. <laughs> I'm screaming. My so yeah, um, there are a whole bunch of other things um, that people weren't allowed to do, or my parents never really subscribed mm -hmm. to that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think me being the youngest child. By the time they got to me, and I think also the kind of child I was, I'm not going to go into that. Oh, God. They realized they had to, in order for this to work, <laughs> in, order for, in order for you to be the parent and for me to be the child, we're going to have to communicate, and there's going to have to be some understanding. It's not a dictatorship. I understand you're my parent. I respect that. But, mm -hmm. like, you know, you have to listen to your child, yeah. you know, and their needs and communicate with yeah. that. Communicate with them. So my parents were always, like, for the most part, if I'm like, oh, I want to go to this place, and they're like, no, and I'm like, but why? Like, this, 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 I'm going to go to this place with this person. At this time, I'll be home. Da, 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 da. I'll call you every hour. Um, or, oh, so-and-so, you know, sometimes they'll be like, oh, another Haitian parent said that if you go over here, I don't know, you're going to get sick from yeah. eating this. And I might be like, actually, that's not true. Here are the facts, like, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. when I, I was able to mediate between the cultural differences um, and I was able to do that for my older <laughs> siblings. Sometimes they'd be like, Danica, all the time you'd be like, oh, Yo. ask daddy, can you convince daddy to let me go to this place or hang out with this person or whatever the case is. So me and my parents, we my ended up, baby. we're best friends, stop. Cut, it, <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> me and my parents, we're like besties. I mean, you, you, see, you see our relationship yeah. close up. Sometimes people are like, what? Like, you can be that, you know, relaxed or chill your with your parents, dad yeah. and your parents. I'm like, yeah, like, yes, they're my parents first, but they're also my relationship. Friends. Yeah, that's good. yeah. We have a relationship, and that's what I want to do with my kids as well. I don't want to. I'm your mother first. Don't forget. Yeah. Because I'm gonna remind you. Mm -hmm. But like, why can't I be friends with my own child? Like, you know, you came from me, and I, yeah. and I'm not gonna take my time to understand you and like love on you mm -hmm. and yeah. So how did we get on this? We got on this. Because we were, we were planning to talk. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say like, so your PhD um, situation. So. You said that you it was just um, unknown. Um, I'm sorry, not an unknown, but like a, a subtle pressure that could possibly be. No, not okay. at all. When so I that wasn't the in, case for I, you. My plan was to get my bachelor's in biomedical engineering and use that to satisfy pre-med requirements to go into medical school. So you're going to be a doctor. I was going to be a medical doctor. And like 
I want y'all to know Becky's water bottle says biomedical engineering on it. <laughs> Just wanted to let y'all know that. Sis is the truth. You can continue. Um, and the reason why I thought I wanted to be a doctor, but then I realized, oh, that's just everyone's expectations of me. Because growing up, I was, you know, one of the golden kids in the church. Like, uh -huh. oh, she's smart. So I had, people had high expectations of me. So I'm sure I could have went to medical school and be successful. But when I joined um, a research lab and was under my mentor, then I realized that I didn't want to go to medical school. I don't want to be dealing with people on that personal level. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's nah, just yeah. not for me. And it's I realized you, yeah. I didn't want to do it. I like the research more often. I feel like in research you can be a lot more creative, um, a lot more room for trial and error. You can take whatever direction you want. And, like, one thing I discover in the lab can help hundreds of thousands of people, you know? Like, let's think of a leave. We all take a leave, you know? If you got a headache, you know, knee pain or whatever, Aleve was created in the lab, you know? So, like, yeah. that is so worldwide, internationally, like, everybody know what that is versus we me being... We can lay being, hands on you, too. Versus <laughs> me being one surgeon and I, like, yeah. you know? So I just thought the impact and then also it's less pressure dealing with people on a one-to-one -one basis and I could just do... I can do my own thing. Yeah. So that's really why I love the research and it's still medicine-related and I knew just how I am and, like, leadership experiences that I had at school, STEM-related, non-STEM-related, I knew I definitely wanted to pursue the field more. And that's really what drove me to do the Ph.D. So so how did you determine what school you would go to? So backtrack to two years ago, my first time at, you know, the Nova Hub event, Prophet Jordan actually prophesied to me, and he told me that I would move here. And he's like, the Lord is going to tell me. He's like, you know, I, I quote, and now move on here like the Lord told you so. Like, that's exactly. I was there. Yes. It was in the parking lot. Yes. We went to eat somewhere. Yeah, Olive Garden. Yeah. I remember that. And I thought, I was like, you know, this person is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he crazy. I'm like, he don't know me from, you know. Adam. He don't know me from anything. Until he looks at you. Right. Our leader is a prophet. Mm -hmm. Y'all hear me? You cannot hide anything. Of course. Like, my first time meeting Prophet Jordan, oh, yeah, I know who you are, or I know what you are, something like that. It's weird, isn't it? It was, so I mean, now it's, now it's normal. <laughs> I know. But I at, love first, him. at first, I was like, I ain't moving here. You know, I thought after I graduated, I'm going to be in, like, I'm going to go back to New York. I was like, I'm going to go to New York City. Or I'm going to go to ATL. I'm going to go to... You want? You should probably go to... Don't I want to go to... I'm just saying, like, I like That's city bread. vibes. That's so much bread. Anyway, New York City is so much bread. Why do any you, city is so much bread. But, but Atlanta, ATL is much better, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, um, look. <laughs> anyways, so... Eventually, like, I started going to Nova, not regularly because I was in Massachusetts, but almost every major conference, yeah. I was here, um, and That's I was grateful. God. Yeah. You like, I would fly, That you know? is God, bro. I, I would, my professor would allow me to miss class on Mondays because I would probably fly Friday. From a conference. And then I'll come back yeah. Monday morning, um, From, and I would, yeah. I'll have to make up the work or whatever, like, I literally... Nova Hub became a good inconvenience, if that made sense. Mm, like, I missed good, assignments and stuff, and I had to, you know, it would have been easier if I just was in Massachusetts and actually physically in my classes. But I was willing to make it work. I don't know why. I just wanted to be here. Like, 
I just wanted to be here. So I remember the beginning of my senior year, I put in, you know, the Nova Hub group chat, like, hey, everybody, I'm graduating. I want to apply to a PhD program because I want to be here, and I hope God will allow me to pursue my career goals and my spiritual destiny at the same time because mm-hmm. he could have said, nah, you're not doing the PhD. I just want you to focus on what I want you to do on this earth. So I'm very grateful because I know not everybody well, has that. I think as well, side note, I think, and you'll go into this more, but I think even now for you, you're seeing how they intertwine. Oh, yes. Because a lot of people make it seem like your career is one thing versus your destiny Mm -hmm. when God is so intentional that he'll give you desires for his purpose. Mm -hmm. I remember that you said in the beginning, you went into engineering because you enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Like you liked it. Mm -hmm. God was behind that. I believe, I believe that your, your, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because this is how we have broke people in the church. I'm screaming. I mean, no, for real, though. Like, because not everybody is called to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Some people are literally called to go into corporations and shift the culture and mm-hmm. shift the environment. And, like, even if it doesn't look like you mounting up to the top and becoming a CEO, that doesn't right. mean that your effect is limited. Right. You know? So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I was in the group chat, like, hey, I'm graduating. It's time to apply for schools. Please allow me to get, pray for me so that I can get into schools, you know, in the DMV area so that I can be able to attend Nova Hub Mm -hmm. um, regularly. At that point, I believed that I was supposed to be here with y'all. I've gotten words to confirm it. And also, like, I knew it for myself. Um, That's good. You knew it for yourself. Yeah. I think one of the major people, I don't even think he realized um, his play in me being his junior. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Junior had given me a word. What conference was that where what conference was that where we had um Pastor Naomi Rain lead worship? That was that was the first architect. Yes. The first architect. I don't remember what year that was. Junior gave me a word about how I've been searching for like God godly community and like somewhere where I can grow and whatever. And this is during the prophetic presbytery? No. Oh, okay. This was just... Just random. Yeah, came yeah. to me, and I was like, mm, like you got something to say? And it was like, the Lord said... I was like, wow. Because, you know, we, we're we used to Junior behind the camera. Junior's and, powerful, though. Oh, he is. He's he is. very powerful. He is. So when he first came up to me, I didn't think it would be a word of prophecy. I was yeah. thinking like, oh, let me slide here so I can get this mm-hmm. shot of this person. So, um, yeah, he began to prophesy to me about like what I desired for myself spiritually in the community and he was like god answer your prayers this is it basically um you're supposed to be here this is your community this is where you need to be yeah um so yeah he's an example though mm-hmm. like he's a prime example just to give you guys context junior is my spiritual brother um he's one of the prophets in training at our church um, and he's our creative director. Um, shout out to you, bro, if you ever listen to this. But Junior is like the, he's the prime example of what I was just talking about with like your career <clears throat> aligning with your destiny. Mm-hmm. Somebody could look at it. Somebody could look at that and be like, okay, because what, what Junior does is he does photography, does videography, and he creates um, flyers graphics. and graphics yeah, and graphic stuff like design. that. And so like sometimes in the church, we would think like, oh, he has to drop that or preach. You right. know what I mean? 
but he can do both. Right. And he could use his graphics and his creative edge for the kingdom. Right. And we see him doing that now. And he's actually pro- he's prospering a lot. Yes. Actually. As he should. Yeah. So it like once again, that's also a prime example of like if you have a gift and you have something that God has placed inside of you, you you are able to use that for the kingdom. You just have to listen to the Holy Spirit and just allow God to open up the doors, you know. I agree. So, not that I haven't heard that I belonged at Nova before. Obviously, you know, you and I are very close. We had these conversations, Mm -hmm. Otis and I, Shane and I. But it's something, I guess it's not that I didn't believe you guys. You guys guys know how it is. But Mm -hmm. I think it's different when there's a a more person that's from the outside Mm -hmm. that is able to speak these things that you were, like, battling with. So, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, obviously, this is, like, extra, extra confirmation now. If I don't listen, I'm really straight out being disobedient. Yeah. But yeah, fast forward to senior year, I made that post and I told everyone I wanted to get into either John Hopkins, which is in Baltimore, which I realize is dummy far yeah. from Woodbridge or Manassas at the time. Or we were, I don't know if we were. We were, we were still in Manassas. Nova. I'll just say yeah. Nova. And University of Maryland. I feel like there was one more school. Carnegie Mellon. No, because that's not here. No, but I'm saying like those are the schools that you were looking at, right? Yeah, but at first, I only planned to apply to Maryland schools. But then during the application process, you know, self-doubt is like, oh, my gosh, I need to open up my, you know, I need to give myself more opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why limit myself to two schools? Let's say I don't get into acceptance rate for two schools versus an acceptance from 10 schools. You know, I'm more likely to get into one out of 10 than one of two. Like, so... As I was applying, I just think doubt, like, oh, am I competitive enough? Like, I was a competitive applicant. Don't get me wrong. But also, when you're applying to these prestigious programs and stuff, everyone who's applying is also competitive, too. So, yeah, like, A-list. how do you, yeah, Facts. so how do you stand out or differentiate? Like, I got a 4.0, you got a 4.0. You did research, I did research. In. You know what I mean? So, like, and I knew I had a unique story. You know, I'm a Haitian-American, first-gen, blah, blah, blah. Y'all heard the spiel. So I knew I wasn't no regular privilege, you know, mm-hmm. person applying and things like that. But I just and then I also started like exploring other programs and I just got to I got a little greedy. I don't know if greedy is the right right word, but ambitious, I guess maybe. No, because I succeeded in my ambitions. I was funny. I, I'll guess my appetite increased. You know, I think I'll, let's go back to. Adam and Eve, you know, they shouldn't have eaten from the fruit. So you wanted something that you shouldn't have had. I don't, that's a bad example, because not that I shouldn't have had it. I don't know how to to say it, guys. You wanted your own way, maybe? I wanted to have my cake and eat it, too. Uh Uh-huh. That's the best way to say it. I got you. So I applied to four schools. I got into three out of four schools. I applied to Virginia Tech, John Hopkins, University of Maryland. You, you applied to Tech, bro. And um, ain't nothing over there. Carnegie Mellon. I didn't know that at yeah, that point. Ain't nothing over there. So yeah, my first acceptance was Carnegie Mellon, guys. If y'all don't know, Carnegie Mellon it's is that school, bro. It's it's not an Ivy, but it's Ivy status. Yeah. It's the third best engineering yeah. school, I believe, in the um, nation, right? Yeah. So yeah. getting a PhD from there would do wonders for my Ooh. career. Um, I got a full offer, guys. I was going to work with a black woman, you know, and that's rare in STEM, especially at that level. They flew me out there for a visit. I enjoyed Pittsburgh, and it's low cost of living. It's way cheaper to live here, to live there than Than here. So my money would have been long. Skyrocketing. Um, 
So yeah. Long money. Then I went to my Virginia Tech visit. I hated it. Um, respectfully, just not for me. Virginia Tech is just in the middle of nowhere, similar to my undergrad school. My boss It's just a college too. It's just like a college town. Yeah. Like ain't nothing there. Yeah. If, if I was doing a master's, you know, a year, two years, maybe. But five years there. Nah, bro. Nah. I was close. I was like an hour and a half from Greensboro. Yeah. I didn't realize, yeah. It's great school, though. Great school, huge yeah. resources. It just wasn't the right fit yeah. for me. And so I was like, I got rejected from John Hopkins, which is fine. Um, my, I'm not going to say who told me this, but some people in the STEM community were telling me how the culture at John Hopkins is not somewhere that I probably would have wanted to be mm-hmm. at. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I heard sometimes people may be overworked or they prioritize work over yeah, you know, you taking care of yourself, your yeah. mental health, and things that like that. That makes sense. So he was like, "That I don't think that would have been a good environment for you anyway." So it was fine. I actually didn't really care because I had already gotten acceptances other other mm-hmm. places. I literally looked at the email and closed it and just went on my day. What about your life? Yeah, I seen people like cry and they didn't get into schools. And yeah, I I'm, I'm grateful it didn't bother me not yeah. one bit. And then so. I was just like, okay, well, if Carnegie Mellon and Virginia Tech are my two options, um, forget y'all prayers. Y'all no longer need to pray for me. I'm um, screaming. I'm going to Carnegie Mellon. I even, like, you know, I sent my acceptance letters to some close people in the church. I know one person, I'm not going to say their name, was like, wow. This was even, this was before I got accepted. This was my interview. They're like, oh, my goodness, Carnegie Mellon is an amazing school. Shoot. If I got accepted there, I wouldn't even come. Forget Nova. They were joking. Um, uh-huh. But, like, that's how good of a school it was. Yeah, no, and I yeah. could not resist, you know. And, like you said, me being someone who's very driven, ambitious, like, I'm trailblazing this thing from my bloodline. I wanted to do, go to the best of the best. Yeah. So, I was like, yeah, that's where I'm going. I already started looking for apartments. Um you was ready. Yeah, I was like, you know, Pasamona's in Pittsburgh, so like that's gonna be my covering, or you uh-huh. know, I'm gonna hang Kiki with her. <clears throat> and everyone, you know, people were like, you know, you're still supposed to be at Nova. And my excuse for being disobedient <laughs> was, I knew if I didn't get into any grad schools over there, I probably would have had to get a nine to five job, which I didn't want to do. But like, listen how spoiled I sound. Getting a nine to five engineering job probably would have been making close to six figures, if not six figures. That's my back. That's the worst option possible for me, guys. And I was dreading that. <laughs> that making is real money, bro. you know? I was like, <laughs> if I had to make 80, 90K a year and be in a DMV, that was like the worst. That was my nightmare, guys. And I know there are so many people who would have killed. Would have killed. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was so ungrateful. I. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was really being very entitled. Um, so, yeah, I was like, you know, if I don't get to any schools over there, then I'm, I'm not meant to be there. God changes mind, you know. We, we doing something different. I'm screaming. No, I'm for real. But what, what you're, how, how you're going about this is not abnormal, you know. Like, people, people do that. They be like, <laughs> oh, like, so because this did not go the way that I yeah. wanted it to, like, then, oh, like, bet, like, God, God is, God's God only in it mind. if it's going my yeah. way. Like, if we not, know the Holy Ghost yeah. well enough, so where if we want something, that means the Holy Ghost does. Amen. And so if we don't get that, then, then he's wrong and right. we're right. Or, you know, everybody misheard. Like, yep. <laughs> I was like, you know, wait, that was really it. I was like, everybody missed it. Everybody missed it or they misheard or, you know, this was a soulish prophecy or something. 17 soulish prophecies. And one thing about me, guys, I'm finna do what I want to do at the end of the day. You know, 
God really has to change my desires to make it align with his will. Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten times, it's going to be very difficult to get. You're screaming. No, because that's how I am. It's going to be very difficult for me to do something differently. Mm-hmm. So anyways, you know, I was just telling people, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'll visit though. Like I'll come to the conferences just like I did now I was in Massachusetts. Uh-huh. I was not hearing nothing else. And then the day I sent my email to Carnegie Mellon saying, hey, um, just making sure y'all still have a spot for me before I come, you know, before I basically yeah. come in. And they're like, yep, you're all set to go. Literally, I think it was less than an hour later, I got my acceptance from Maryland. And I was so angry, guys. <laughs> You think I would be happy? I had classmates who applied to schools they didn't get in anywhere, rejection after rejection. Mm-hmm. And I got an acceptance letter in class. I was sitting in the back of the classroom, and I was so mad. And I turned my laptop to Jasmine, and I was like, look. I remember the mm, – I probably won't share this. I'll just say I was just very angry. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. you know – We'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I was just very angry and exhibited angry words and, you know – I was just so, un- and this was like silent anger because I was in class. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't. Yeah, you can't wild yeah, out Yeah, I can't wild out in class. And it's not something, it's not angry like, oh, somebody pissed me off. It was just yeah. like, ah. Like, I was, I was actually really mad at God. I was like, you couldn't send this yeah. beforehand. Like, you had to do this right It was when, my last acceptance, oh, you know what I mean? Oh. And like right after I committed to another school, um. But yeah, and I think that was just the sovereignty of God. Like, I'm going to give you one last chance to, because he could have let me made a bad decision. I don't know if I would have ever ended up committing to Maryland if the mm-hmm. timing is like, I literally did something that was not in his will. And less than an hour later, he spoke to me. Like That's mercy. No, seriously. That's really mercy. Because you could have, like, he could have just not, and you would have been miserable at that school probably. You don't know. I feel like I would have had a great time at that mm-hmm. school. I, don't know. I feel like no. I think sometimes when this we don't we walk argue, in y'all. God's perfect will, you no, can still yeah. be okay. This is not you wouldn't have had the best time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't think I would have. Like I told you, I visited, I vetted it out. I think I would have been fine. You I would have made it work, it. especially like where my undergrad was. It was also in the middle of nowhere. Like mm. Pittsburgh actually is a nice little city. It has a lot to offer. So I'm sure I would. Carn- Carnegie Mellon, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So I wouldn't have been miserable. I think my spiritual life would have Ooh. lacked a lot or suffered a lot. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I would be, like, depressed crying every day. But I I nah, definitely see nah. Nova was the best option for me now. Um, but, yeah, I was so mad because I knew what I had to do. <laughs> I've been knew what I had to do, guys. But, you know, I was writing on an excuse. Well, I don't got no Maryland acceptances, and I'm not finna work a job. So... Yeah, when I got the acceptance letter, I was not happy, and yeah, I was wrestling. I was wrestling with the decision a lot, and I ended up visiting. This is funny. I ended up visiting. <laughs> I visited with my bestie Jasmine and, that fire. and my brother Otis. You know, Otis is a voice I trust, so I'm like, you coming too? And bro, the moment that John was fire, I drove on campus. That John was fire. Oh, this was already laughing like Becky. You know what you that need John to was do. Fire. I loved it. I loved every second, every moment of my visit. It was one of the best days I had in a while. Like one of the best days I had. I was mad. Why wasn't I there? You was in Greensboro, bro. You, I don't think I, you. I were. was so tight. 
Yeah. I, I really, if I was there, that would have been a day. I spent the day with Jasmine. I know. I know that would have been Shane late. Yeah. Towards the end. That yeah. would have been the squad, bro. It was such a good day. I, I, I was crying when I had to leave. That's Aww. how, that's, and you know, that's how good of the day yeah. that it was. It was really a good day. So I ended up committing shortly after. And even after I committed, I was still going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, I think I made the wrong decision. I remember I texted um, Otis, and I was like, Otis, I think I made the wrong decision. I want to go to Carnegie Mellon. Am I dumb? And Otis responded to me, hey, Becky, yes, you are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) One thing about Otis, bro, is he's going to keep it a band. Nothing like, because y'all already spoke to me. Y'all already gave me the spiel, the words of prophecy, you know, like, oh, sis, I believe this is the da-da. So he wasn't going to be like, oh, sis, I really believe the Lord is telling you in this season to listen. He was like, no, nah, you're tweaking. He said, you're dumb. That was the end of the conversation. That was the conversation. Yeah, it was not no long hour plow. Because they didn't need to yeah, do all that. Cause he yeah, because he said, you know, you already know what you need to do. You already committed. Yeah. If you're going to go out this way, basically, to be disobedient, that's on you. And I have yeah. no no bearing in this. What was the What was the rankings and the amount of money that you received? From the schools. I ain't going to say the number. Yeah, it don't got to be the number. Maryland was the most. Virginia Tech was mm. the least. But the thing is, the most, my money would have went longer in Pittsburgh, if mm. that makes sense. Because, because the, of the, lo- the low cost yeah. of living. And um, the difference from Carnegie Mellon were only a couple thousand mm. from, Mar- um, from Maryland. Yeah, Carnegie only a couple Mellon, thousand. It was only a couple thousand. Only a couple. Let me get yes. a couple thousand since it's only. No, a couple. let me get a couple thousand since you working a, a nine to five making a couple thousand. Yeah. Anyways, the biggest difference between Carnegie, not Carnegie, Maryland and Virginia Tech, that was a ten k difference. So I was like, oh no, I'm not going. To, oh yeah. I already did not like my visit at Virginia Tech, but I was like, you guys are paying me pennies, and you know <laughs> the cost of living is not matching up. Definitely not. But yeah, so I'm here now. I moved here August 15th permanently. I've been attending Nova regularly ever since. And I feel like now I'm going to begin my process. I'm already starting my process in, you know, sonship and just really getting that relationship with God for myself. You know, people can't carry me anymore. And then I think after that process is done, um, God will start mm-hmm. showing me like who uh-huh. I am, who I'm who I am and uh-huh. like who I'm called to be and uh-huh. um, yeah. start activating those yeah. parts more. Activation. I'm screaming. Uh-huh. You know. So yeah, guys, that's how I ended up here. Any follow-up questions, Jesse? Well, I just want to have one last one last question. Um, what do you what fruit have you seen since you obeyed? Um, uh, I don't know if this counts as a fruit. Oh, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I don't know why my brain interpreted it so differently. Um, I can definitely say, like, mental health-wise, mm. I feel like I'm more stable or at the same place. The peace like, of God. Yeah, peace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm 15 minutes from one of my older siblings, 30 minutes from some aunts and uncles. Um, I get to see my bro. I see you, like, I probably see you more. Yeah. We see each other on a regular basis yeah. now, and like we was and it wasn't like that. It was not like that during college. Our relationship was literally. This is the thing. Like you have to really love people because if there's distance, it's hard. It's really hard. The thing with Be- Becky and I actively spoke. 
like it Almost wasn't every day. yeah it was like it, we didn't go a week without speaking and yeah. checking it even if it wasn't like a long conversation mm-hmm. it was like a text it was a call you know what i'm saying but there was active communication in our friendship and that really showed me like yeah like when you value a friendship you can make it work mm-hmm. regardless of the distance because mm-hmm. we was in we were in two different states like 12 hours drive a apart. brick away yeah. you know like i was in north carolina she was in massachusetts and I it's it's still kind of weird because when she was she was actually just talking about her uh, one of her roommates and I was thinking about the fact that she's not in Massachusetts anymore Mm -hmm. because I was so used to seeing her like at big conferences Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But like it's just a regular Saturday afternoon and we're just sitting here, you know, talking on my podcast. Um, So it's it's definitely a different vibe. Yeah. Um, What are the fruits? So other than the community aspect, I definitely um, feel more, I definitely seek God more. It's definitely more intentional in my pursuit. And I think that's because I have people around me who are doing the same thing or can hold me accountable. Who you have around you can, you know, they can see things into my life, whether I tell them or not. Yeah, so community really has been the biggest thing. I feel like I was lacking that in Massachusetts. And then... When I came to New York, like, yes, I had my family, but mm-hmm. I lacked community to a degree. There ain't nothing up there where we from. Yeah, because I feel like... Oh, Jesus. Like I told you, I feel like I was just so different. <laughs> yeah. So no one really understood no, or, yeah, or could have supported me. Lone Ranger. Yeah, so... That's real. Yeah, I feel like community is the biggest fruit. Who you have around you matters, fam. Yes, indeed. It, it's It's a big deal. Like, I know that people want to move, and that's for me as well. Like, that's why my job... I made sure that my job aligned with the location mm-hmm. because one, I've been new that God called me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like I, I asked myself, what is the price of having, I, you know, I do well for somebody who comes straight out of college. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because God rewarded me of, because of my obedience to that's him. Good. But my question was, is even if I wasn't doing as well as I am now, what costs more, mm-hmm. the money or my soul? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, would I rather go and make six figures in a desert, in a place that has no covering, no destiny for me? Um, or would I rather be surrounded by people, you know what I'm saying, that can uplift me into the person that I am called to be by God? Right. You know? And I, I, I made up in my mind that my decision would be to follow Jesus. Right. And I, I believe the job, the finances came in line under that. That's and good. I, I put him first. That's good. And all the rest of the stuff came. And I think when it comes to your life, my life, anybody who's listening, your life, you ought to value your spiritual life more. That's because good. based off of what's going on in the spirit, will your the spiritual life will reflect in the natural. And so mm-hmm. I can't, I can't get into how much God has blessed me because I decided to obey mm-hmm. because the, the, the peace that I have, there's a, there's a song that they sang, um, that the African-American culture used to the sing. Black it's it's an old black, black American, How's it go? but they used to, the, the, sing basically, for us, Jess. It's, for not, us. it's not, it's not, I'm not singing. You're the one that needs to be singing. <laughs> but the song says there's no safer place to be than in the will of God. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I carry that with me wherever I am, knowing that I'm where God needs 
where God wants me to be. That's good. I'm working where God wants me to be. I don't know if I told you about what happened with my job. Um, I had a prophetic dream that I would be working there. Like I had a dream that mm. my boss hired me. Mm. So this is what happened. So basically I, I didn't graduate with a job. I graduated with an interview. So I had an interview a week after I, I graduated. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was, is um, I was praying, talking to the Lord. And so um, I had a dream that night that I got the job. And the dream was my boss and I were in the office and she said, hey, I'm just letting you know before you interview, you're gonna get the job. Wow. We're gonna hire you. I then wake up from that dream that same morning, I wake up to an email Thank from her. Offer letter? It wasn't the offer letter yet, but I, um, I woke up to an email. She said, and it was the woman, mm. my boss, she, my now boss, she sent me an email and said, hey, um, schedule the time that you want to interview, mm. right? I, take, I get the interview with her. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm feeling very, very discouraged. And um, I began to pray after, I, after the interview, and I just felt really discouraged about that. I'm on my way to Walgreens in North Carolina. My phone was on Do Not Disturb, so I didn't right. see anything. I'm, I'm, on my, I'm on my way to Walmart, and I just said, Lord, like, I just really, I really need some encouragement. I open my phone. It's on Do Not Disturb. I see a missed text message mm. from the woman, mm. from the company, who is now my boss. The text message says, I'm working on sending an offer letter your way. Wow. And, but, but this, but this is the thing that process would have never happened if I did not submit to the will Mm, of God. That's good, Jess. So like your, and look, I, and the reason why I'm telling that story is not to brag. I'm, I'm doing this to provoke you and anybody and to provoke myself to obey mm, that's o- good. obedience it creates your own history with god yeah because i because of the fact that i chose to obey i could see that god like we have our we have history mm-hmm. me and jesus have history it's like lord you did that you mm-hmm. know what i mean and i remember as well like i had to sit in front of my dad like and my mom telling me like hey like you know you slimming down your options to only the DMV is like that lowers your chances of getting a job. And I had to, and I had to, I had to look them dead in the face and say, I don't care. You strong. Cause I was like, I need me some backups. Like, and, and this is <laughs> the thing, like it's not a dishonor thing towards mm-hmm. my parents, but it was like, there was this goal and this conviction in me to say, if I'm going to walk by faith, you then we're gonna then we're gonna walk by faith, you know. Um, That's good. And I'm seeing the fruit of me walking by faith. And I just want to say as well, like I'm immensely proud of you, sis. Thank you. Because though you wrestled and though you toiled, you, you <laughs> not the toil. You still you still obeyed though, mm-hmm. and you can see from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm gonna say it. I was talking to Brianna mm-hmm. about about you the other day, and she mentioned you. She said. um, you know, Becky's really coming into her own and I Aww. see the growth, you know, so shout out to Brianna. She'll be on here next, but hey, um, she'll be on here soon. But um, yeah, like there's there's fruit. Amen. And so to anybody as well, like who's listening to this, I just want to encourage you. There will be fruit of the decision that you made. Like Sooner God 
is going to prove himself to you for obeying. Another fruit I think is grace because Mm. this PhD thing is not hard. Though I'm not taking as many classes as I was during undergrad, and I'm grateful for how this program is structured. Mm -hmm. Like classes and then doing things in the lab on days I have classes and days I don't have classes. And then that hour commute, sometimes it's an hour and a half depending on traffic. Um, The gas I've been burning, like, it could be a lot. Like, it can be a lot. Or sometimes I'm at service and I'm like, dang, okay, I got to go home at 10 and finish this assignment that's done by at midnight. Or let's say I have an assignment that's due Sunday at midnight and we got, like, the prayer drop Friday through Sunday. Obviously, my homework is really due Thursday because I'm not going to have time to do it. You know what I mean? So an assignment that I would have... A week to do, I now have like three or four days mm. to do because I'm trying to not have to leave church or service yeah. to have because I have to do my homework. Because, you know, yeah. I also have my natural responsibilities and Nova Hub is not toxic. It's not like, oh, just leave your job or, yeah. you know, we not, no, we're we, not like we that actually pro- We actually promote yes. having jobs. Get your natural our things leader, together. Our leader, oh, yeah. Like and he stood on the pulpit. Serve. Yeah. He stood on the pulpit and literally say like, it's irresponsible for you to not be working. He and actually that's not preached the will that. Of God, like. Yeah, he literally preached that like two um, Sundays ago, mm-hmm. which is why I said what I said earlier about like this: is how we have real Christians. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's different when like things happen, right? And like natural life right. occurrences trial, take yeah. place. But like other times, people are just lazy and they don't want to work. Right. And that's not that's not that's happening. not God. That's not it what ain't this God. is. So yeah, I feel like I should be stressed and more overwhelmed mm-hmm. than I am. Like I'm actually chilling for the yeah. most part like and i just trust everything it'll be fine and they have been like i've been turning all my assignments in on time yeah. yeah i've been getting good grades i've been doing well yeah so that is one of the prayers that i prayed for you though oh. that you wouldn't be anxious like because i Last i just year, i just feel like beyond that like i could feel like the enemy would try to lie to you and mm-hmm. say hey you won't finish mm-hmm. you won't you'll fail out mm-hmm. you won't be able to balance it and like that's one of the prayers that I pray mm-hmm. for you that like God will keep your mind and like He'll give you prosperity and grace. Oh, to, I'm like, gonna finish. Oh, I know you are. The Haitians, they already you know I'm doing the program. Believe, I gotta come back with a degree. <laughs> and you best believe that day when I, one of the one of the days that I do look forward to is your graduation. Oh, because I'm like that's gonna be lit. Like it it's is. like we you gonna we, be shouting. I know you are. We made it, fam. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I know like I'm getting like really sentimental, but like I just want to like this is like we grew up together. Yeah. We're from the, like you. You live ten minutes from where my parents yeah. raised me. You know what I'm saying? And here we are in D.C. I'm doing a podcast together. Like God has brought us far. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. It, it's just. It's just. My grandma would say these are God's kisses. Like she calls them the kisses of God. Like just like sweet reminders of like how God has done it. You know for us. So. Yeah. Amen. Sis, we've been on here for an hour 25. I knew it was going to be more than an hour. It, no, it's okay, though. They're going to listen to it yeah. because people people love conversations. Like I feel like this is a really dope conversation. Mm-hmm. Is there any last thing that you have to say to the audience? Um, I was just stressed what you said earlier about being obedient. Um, God, what God wants for you, even if you can't see it, it's going to be so much better and more than what you could have done for yourself like yes while I could have advanced myself further in my degree and and I just say that you know you never you never know a PhD is a PhD so yes I could have went to Carnegie Mellon maybe it would have made it easier for me to get through certain doors but my spiritual life would have suffered 
Mm. It really would it would have been probably similar to how it was in Massachusetts. Um and like I would have been out of the perfect will of God and certain things that I know or feel like God has called me to or things that I know he wants me to do, <laughs> I'm not going to disclose because it's not ready to be out there yet. And that's something that needs to be taken to the spiritual leaders. But Amen. Um, that's good. the process or maybe training or whatever I would need to fulfill those duties, I wouldn't have been able to get it in Pittsburgh. So who knows, maybe God would have still been merciful and allow certain things to come to pass, but what what a, what was supposed to take me five years may now have taken me 20 because I wanted to be My God. disobedient. Um, and I'm grateful that I will never know. You'll never know. I, I was never going to say that. You know? you'll, you'll never know what could have been delayed right. because right. you decided to obey. Right. And, you know, just trust the God that is in you. Um, you may face opposition. I know family, like you said, you know, you had a little opposition with family. I feel like I, may, I, I have that. To a degree, I'm not even going to get into that. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people may think you're crazy. Oh, you're only applying to jobs or schools in this area. You're moving here just for a church and just for that. Like, it's so much bigger than that, guys. It's not. If people can't understand the vision and they don't understand what God is doing, that doesn't make it invalid. That's true. So many people all throughout the word were misunderstood mm-hmm. and they had to follow Jesus mm-hmm. anyway. Understanding and validation from the outside sources doesn't, you know, right. solidify what and your the Lord people, said. your tribe, they'll they'll see it, they'll they, understand. Your it's tribe, not, it's not for everybody. Your tribe, it's not for everybody to understand. It's not for everybody to that's see good. to know. So yeah, that's that's what I'll leave you guys with. Yep. Well, this has been a good episode. We are concluding this. Love Toodaloo. y'all, and I will see y'all on the next one. Peace. Bye. What up, y'all? I just want to say that I appreciate each and every person that decided to listen to this latest podcast episode. I hope you were blessed and I hope you enjoyed it. There is definitely more to come. If you have not followed me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada at J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.